and salutations. You are listening to the Into the North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the competitive format, also known as CDH. I am one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Reed, aka Sick Robot. What's up? And Morgan, aka Spleenface. How's it going, everyone? And in this episode, we'll be covering vibes. It's, it's the vibes episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of just like what we've been doing in CDH and how we've been enjoying the format. Um, yeah, really more about like, it, like yeah, just like how we're how we're enjoying it, how we're finding enjoyment currently, especially how yeah. we're experiencing it. Yeah. I wouldn't say just enjoy. It's like yeah, it's not like you know, is it enjoyable or is it not? It's like you know, literally how have we been playing CDH recently? Um, and then also talking about how we enjoy. Um. So yeah, uh, before we do that, uh, what have you guys been up to since the last episode? Anything interesting? Uh, I, it's a great question, because I can't remember, I can't necessarily remember when the last episode was, which is not a great sign, but I also can't remember the last one that Lyndon was on. <laughs> uh, right, okay, found it, gotcha. Um, yeah, not much. I mean, I guess Morgan's probably, <laughs> <laughs> Morgan's probably the, the person to talk for this one. I mean, okay. speak. I, I think my news is in new developments mostly, but, uh. Yeah, you know, we can talk about it here. It's, it's the vibes episode. Yeah, man. <laughs> screw, screw segments. Screw structure. We don't have show notes. <laughs> we need show notes. Really? Hold on, let me just. That's the sound of me crumpling up our show notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go awesome swish on your uh, yeah, swish on your garbage can across the room. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do the yeah, bragging. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess I guess now is the time to brag. Uh, we went to the Bufftown Bullies Win a UC event, and I. Uh, I Understood the assignment. Um, <laughs> very, very clear instructions, and I was able to execute and follow through. Um, so uh, that's my my roundabout way of saying I did, in fact, win the UC. Um, and what a UC it was! It is an incredible. <laughs> it's it's like, nice UC. it is like what? Is it better than your previous UC? It is so much better it, than my previous UC. Legend, it's it's probably the cleanest UC I've ever seen in real life. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, uh, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, we are big fans of the Bufftown Bullies. Oh yeah, love those guys. Uh, they're a great group of guys. They put on great events, uh, and it's always a pleasure when we get to go down there and hang out and have a good time and. Yeah, my uh, my tournament run was extremely cursed. Uh, <laughs> it was. It just kept getting less believable as as the day wore on. 
like how many how many times did I did I call you and go read it happened again? Yeah, I just I was like so I like every time I just like <laughs> after the round I just like oh thumbs up thumbs down to Morgan and then like he's just like nope just like flat hand draw just like oh weird how did that one happen? You're just like uh the exact same way that it happened the round before. <laughs> so uh yeah I wound up uh. Throughout the course of that tournament, I cast three uh, tainted packs and or demonic consultations that were not intended to exile my library. Uh, and on every single one of them, I ran over all of my win cons. So that was, you know, not <laughs> ideal. But then... Uh, <laughs> and then it wound up... So twice I wound up uh, playing a obnoxiously drawn-out game... Uh, to a draw. <laughs> after and, uh, exiling once... all the win cons. <laughs> yes, after exiling all my win cons. Once I did actually manage to uh, win through beats, um, I did have a finale left in my deck, but, uh, like, insufficient. Uh, like, I, I finaled with all of the creatures that were not in exile in play and able to attack, and that wasn't actually enough to kill the table. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but the, like, it was enough to kill two out of three, and then the the one person who was left sort of went like, I, I don't think I can actually get myself out of this. Um, so we did, in the end, get there, but uh, it was... Uh, a bit, a bit of a wild ride, uh, but a lot of fun and a, a lot of really good games. Uh, games that you know had like some really interesting like sequences. Um, the finals had the Mardu like Timna Jeska player playing Timna Mayhem Devil Control for. Sorry, but. Oh, I think it was Tim I think it was Tim Yeah, it was Tim Rock. Sorry, but, Tim which makes it even playing, weirder. <laughs> yeah, playing like Mayhem Devil Control on the rest of the table. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a spicy time. There was a Tibbet player who went down to like four life and then played an authority of the consoles and I, I think that authority console gains gained him like 15 life. I just want to say, <laughs> I think I've walked over like multiple separate times in that game state with a Mayhem Devil in play and the Tibbet player at one life. <laughs> like like I, I left the table with that being the game state and then came back and that was still the case and it was like somebody else's turn and I was just like what, what is wow. happening? <laughs> That was the, it was just it was the weirdest game from like a sort of a disinterested you know I, I had a book that I sort of wanted to get through and I was just like yeah Morgan wins I'll congratulate him whatever I'm just gonna like yeah. eat my uh I I, I I scrubbed out pretty early so I got myself a consolation frosty and a large tea from McDonald's and then just like nice. went and read a book and that game was the weirdest one in multiple ways to like tune in and tune out of because I started the like the viewing experience by like looking at the bottom being like oh tim to rock going first i see looks like you guys are just gonna die and then yeah i come back to tim to rock playing like, mayhem devil control with like i think a bowmaster at some point as well and i was just like this this doesn't look right what is happening <laughs> and then come back even later and morgan just like going for cursed win attempts but we got there yeah. uh 
interestingly, uh, when I put the deck together, I kind of just threw in... So it was like Hermit Druid, Razaketh, Soul Cauldron, and then I threw in Swift uh, Reconfiguration and um, Devoted Druid, because I was like, the Swift is another way to give Hermit Druid haste, and like just has some utility. And that wound up being the combo I was going for, like, more than anything else. So that was a little unexpected, but kind of an interesting... Uh, I, mean, I think it makes thing. sense. Like Swift Rack Devoted is like easier to well, it's it's Thorical Console, but it's like honestly, <laughs> like yeah, it it loses to more, but is like just like more efficient, right? <laughs> like it's it's one green white, which is a lot easier to cast early than like well, blue blue black, and you can also yeah, you can Thorical early. You can play out the Thorical early, and then also when somebody if somebody tries to remove it, like you can combo in response to the removal, and it's just like yeah, there's there's some pretty interesting stuff going on there, and then also yeah, just like you can deploy the the Oracle early, and then just like win at instant speed for a single white mana. So I'm like not actually that surprised. I don't think. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, we should. Have, I I oh, do want to talk uh, about that deck more, but yeah, we should do the rest of the uh, pre-show. I was just gonna say, I was before. gonna say, Santa yeah, yeah. can make it to to that one. Yeah. Um. I I, I love making it to those tournaments, and uh, this is yeah, a, I was just busy. I think this is one of the bigger ones as well, if I'm remembering correctly. I wouldn't be surprised if every you know tournament they start throwing becomes one of the bigger ones. Like I just think that yeah. they're so well run. It's yep. like such a good time. Um. It's sort of a good location as well. Like, it's pretty central yeah. to a lot of, like, sort of upstate New York, like, southern Ontario, um, a bit of the Midwest. You can all sort of just, like, drive out. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's awesome. Hopefully I'll be uh, around to make it up to the next one. And when, uh, I mean, yeah, speaking of the next one, that's on uh, December 2nd. Yeah, there you go. Um, and it's for a guy's grave. And some store Ooh. credit. I think it's also, I think it's, I think it's a charity event, right? So? Yes, they're doing they're doing a, a, t- a toy drive. Awesome. Because uh, the the C and C D H stands for charity. Always has, as it should. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they have, actually let me read this off because uh, you should go check out their uh, either their Discord or their Twitter. I think um, should have information for all this stuff. But C D H Trinity Charity to Drive to Benefits Not Only Love. Uh, Forty dollar entry food included. You can bring a toy for ten dollar store credit is pretty great uh, and then yeah first place guys cradle and additional store credit for top finishes uh, yeah if you're interested in the area would highly recommend it's always a great time yeah good stuff okay so kind of did it out of order that was new yeah moments. yeah um we'll 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 do housekeeping now just to uh you know just to just to mix it up so it's always in house in housekeeping we like to uh give a shout out to our new patrons um, and our new patron shout-out, this episode goes to Wee Scissors Ant. <laughs> what a username. That is not a... What a username. That is the full username. <laughs> that's that's not a sentence I just stopped. You know, you're like, we. excuse me? Um, what? Wee Scissors and, and, and what? I was, is it a- I'm not going to lie, I was staring at it a bit uh, before we started the show and trying to figure out if it was like a pronunciation trick or something. <laughs> Where it's just like, oh, do you like, if you say it really fast, does it sound like something else? And it was just like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, not really. It's just, just sort of. If you, if you do the vocal equivalent of like going cross eyed, you know, yeah. like kind of slur yeah, your yeah. words a bit, <laughs> say it fast. 
No, oh, just we, yeah. we scissors and. Yeah. Big shout out. Thank you it, for becoming. It ain't that deep. <laughs> cool. So, on to the main topic of the show, which is yeah. just vibes and stuff. You know, let's, so actually, uh, to continue the earlier discussion, because I feel like <laughs> I feel like we yeah, had no let's, let's just I did, back where I did, we were. I did actually sort of want to talk about it a bit, because like, boy, I feel like you haven't really talked about the deck that you're playing right now on the podcast at least that much, and like, you know, just like where you're at with it, what's sort of motivated the building of it, and like why you're on it for tournament right now. Because I don't, I, I feel like it's interesting. Like the deck is, I I feel like it's pretty far removed from historically. Um, sort of what you played, you've played in a lot of ways. Maybe not in context of like blue pot and stuff. Like it, it's like sort of blue potty ish, in like some of the ways that like the win cons are stacked. But like also, I don't think I've seen that particularly that particular stacking of win conditions like at all ever <laughs> in a deck. Honestly, I haven't even seen this deck. So send me a list. So I can... Yeah, like the box rules. So <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, yeah, so it's TNT because uh, you know, of course, I have a brand. Um, I mean, sort of. I feel like you have more of a brand, but uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's TNT, and I uh, I was playing um, like a very staxy version of. Uh, of Razakats and uh, like I did like having the stacks but I felt like I was just <laughs> I was like going to draws a lot in tournament and like just losing from winning positions because I didn't have good ways of closing out um so I decided I wanted to sort of shift into something faster um and so instead of playing like rule of laws and then creature based reanimation. I'm still on the the Razaketh and some reanimation uh and then I'm doing Hermit Druid, a very minimal Hermit Druid package that just has uh dread return which um means that it's harder to go for super early Hermit Druids, but it means first of all I don't have like a Narcamoeba or Fate Stitcher in my deck. <laughs> yeah. So I will say, Narcomiba has done an unreasonable amount of work for me in the past. I do. Um, but setting that aside. <laughs> the, the number uh, of games that I've just had, like, no business being in because, like, I just, like, have a Narcomiba in play that's just, like, a random flyer slash having the breakfast combo going with a Narcomiba in the deck and a Shuffle Titan and just making an infinite blocker. <laughs> um, but, uh, so it, it has that, that advantage of not playing bad cards, but also um, it means that in the late game, I'm still, I'm playing all of the good uh, force draw trigger effects. So Fairy Mastermind, Archivist of Ogma, and Esper Sentinel, um, which historically have been kind of an issue in Hermit Druid, because if you have them in play and you activate a Hermit Druid, uh, it's very, it's uncomfortably easy for your opponents to just kill you. Um, but with them out of the deck, I, uh, if you activate Hermit Druid, it resolves, you immediately have priority and you can cast Dread Return and just sack them before anyone has a chance to actually cast a spell because there's no Narcomoeba trigger. Very good. Um, so that cleans that up, and then Agatha's Soul Cauldron is sort of what ties it all together. You can make a hasty Hermit Druid by exiling Hermit Druid and putting a counter on something that isn't 
summoning sick. Uh, you can just exile Razaketh and go off that way. Um, and then, as I was mentioning earlier, Devoted Druid, Swift Reconfiguration. Um, the Swift Reconfiguration is another way to get the Hermit Druid haste, and allows you to make infinite mana with Devoted Druid, and just draw the deck with Thrasios. And then I'm on a little bit more fast mana, still not a ton. Um, and, like uh... Sorry? I can't find it on your profile. I, I, I copied it into the... It's in the doc. Oh, in the doc. Uh, <laughs> it's in our show notes. Um, and then I'm on the One Ring and some other sort of slightly... Can't really not be right now. Yeah. yeah. Faster stuff and cut some of the slowest, clunkiest value engines. Yeah. Uh, though, Faber Elder will forever live in my heart. <laughs> um, I did, like, I did actually think, and I don't think it works, but... I just wanted to check. You can't Soul Cauldron Devoted Druid onto something and then Swift for a combo through it, right? No, like the layers don't stack me. correctly? No, no. Because they annihilate, right? Counters just annihilate instantly. Well, first of all, you that, can't... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you can't yeah. do it with Devoted Druid because it will destroy the counter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also you can't do it Do it because it stops, yeah. With anything else because it stops being a creature. Yeah, makes sense. Unfortunately, the Soul Cauldron is a messed up card. It is, I, really I keep cool looking card. at it for decks, uh, so I think it's insane in decks where it has like a an obvious synergy like Razakath or Tyam. I have a weird prediction that it might become okay. Now this is this is gonna sound like a crazy comparison because it is, but I was gonna say it's like one ring esque, not because it's like as good of a card or as good of a value engine, but in the way that. I think One Ring started off as more of like, oh, this deck has an obvious synergy with I'm going to run it here, and it's great. And then it just kind of, over time, became just generic for so, every deck. Weirdly enough, I, I actually sort of agree, not in terms of like, I don't think every deck's going to be on it, because that's wild, but I do think I that like, yeah, yeah, I do think that deck. it's going to be like, decks, some decks just are going to have like, just some number of relevant, like, activated abilities, and then in a format where that's just like, saturated with the uh, Ranger Captains, and if you just like, consistently have some dorky creatures in play, people are just going to like, put it in their decks, because it turns out it's just like, pretty good at like DC doing a lot of different like, things yes yeah. and then also like just does insane like yeah like uh, infinite ranger captains like mess shit. messing with breach like being an anti-rattlesnake for opposing ranger captains is wild like yeah uh is it do we is is that now what like it's it's an anti-venom <laughs> Yeah, exactly. rattlesnake cards. And then, <laughs> yeah. Um, if you have a card that counters someone's rattlesnake, it's a. Um, but yeah, honestly, I've definitely like the first couple times I played it, I was lazy about uh, using it, and then like oh, yeah, I just sort absolutely. of realized, like, just slowly munching, like literally just cards out of graveyards, or like, yeah, you know, there's a there's a player with a breach in their deck. Just being like, hey, I'm gonna just take that Demonic Tutor out of your graveyard. Or, like, everybody's like, on Mnemonic Betrayals as well, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just gonna start yeah. taking the mana positive stuff out of people's bins. Take out <laughs> the mana positive stuff, set. take out the tutors, and then, like, just you can just feel a lot safer against, like, any graveyard recursion stuff. Yeah. I, I think and it's definitely you can still, like, good. get value, you know, dorks, whatever. Also, just, like, growing done. creatures is weirdly relevant. Like, 
the plus one plus yeah. one counter like it it can change it can change combat man like it can you can yeah it's just, well yeah it's it's, it's I, I think it's less the the actual making things bigger and more the threat of making things bigger when you have a soul exactly. culture in play where like if you're playing like a, a timna deck or something you're just like all right i'm gonna attack with these things and if any of you actually choose to block i'm gonna eat one of your things and you don't know who's gonna be the thing to get eaten right so it's like also, an effective tremendously annoying with timna is that like how many times have we seen the timna lifelink attack life matter game? Yeah, yeah, yeah actually matter and then now it starts to grow it's like it's a three three then it's a four four you're okay. like, oh my god but i feel like you guys are missing the thing about a three three is that like it'll trade with stuff yeah right? yeah but like there is actually like other than exactly crumb which is usually attacking there is actually like nothing in the format that blocks a two four Thrasios. <laughs> yeah, I mean Timmits and attracts and stuff, but yeah, sure. But like, like the the big stuff blocks it. Sure. But like, yeah, there, there's not a lot of like stuff that that reasonably sits in play that isn't already a problem that blocks a Thrasios. That's pumped. <laughs> With like literally just one, I guess a Ranger Captain can have it bounce off. But like, yeah, like I, I think yeah, some things have it bounce off, but nothing like profitably blocks it without being a double block. Like, someone might trade their, I don't know, whatever, like, hate bear they have for your 3-3 Timna if they're like, that's just going to keep growing. But, yeah, there's there's very, very little of it. Also, you can flash an Endurance and then put a counter on it and block a Krom, and that's very <laughs> funny. Yeah, I did yeah. I did want to say about... I, I, I sort of didn't want to talk about that this... Talk about it that much, because I sort of wanted to... I don't know. I, I guess I'm just, like... I think I'm probably going to end up entering too too many tournaments soon enough that it matters. Because um, I I did I didn't sort of want to like try to keep it out of the public consciousness, but like people just like aren't evaluating the cauldron as a threat as much as they probably should be in actual games right now. <laughs> Where like I've just had some experience because I you know I'm playing Sissy with a cauldron in it right now, and I've just had cauldrons like sit in play for like way too long at this point and like multiple games like multiple tournament games where it's just like this this is like going to be a problem or this has like a very high likelihood of being a problem in the future and just people are just completely ignoring it and i have a feeling it's because there's a lot of text and you forget about what half of it, it has like the questing beast text right <laughs> where like every time you think about the card you forget a keyword or a lot of text off of it <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it's got a lot there's a lot going on there i did Man, I was so sad I didn't get to execute. Uh, I had the plan was I had a large army from a bowmaster, like a nine nine or something, and I was trying to set up to uh, soul cauldron a devoted druid, and mm. then just make like ten mana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah do yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, it didn't. It didn't wind up working out, but conceptually, it was very funny. Oh uh, yes, yeah, so I did. I did want to say as well. I feel like, uh, do you, do you mind if I expose your play patterns to the world, Morgan? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. I feel like the reanimation spells in your current deck are bait. Because <laughs> I have a feeling the Razaketh isn't actually there to be reanimated almost ever. It's there because it's an eight mana and the game on the spot that's like incredibly difficult to interact with. <laughs> 
Maybe. <laughs> like, it's, it's actually, at, at this point, especially with this style of deck where you're just, like, not really staxy and you just end up producing a larger mana mana with, like, just, you know, like a big cradle or something and, like, a bloom tender hanging around. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I'm just, eventually I'm just going to draw into this Adnaz thing that's not actually an Adnaz, but is actually harder to counter and just ends the game with more certainty. <laughs> I know for a fact if friend of the show Tim is listening right now, that he's he's just nodding his head in vicious <laughs> agreement because he he talks about this yep. with Varals Hulk all yep. the time. He's yep. like, dude, casting Hulk Hulk is the best just card casting. <laughs> it's the best, especially to do. You can't counter that shit. The thing with Hulk it's though so is that like they can remove the Varals in response and like make it awkward and whatever. Red Skip is just yeah. like, all right, <laughs> I just do, we've been playing this game for like I don't know like fifty minutes at this point, like over an hour. I just like have six dudes hanging out and play. I'm just gonna cast this thing that ends Bro, the game. Like turn turn two Cavern of Souls named Demon. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most. I know where this game is going. <laughs> Can't fool me. I know what's happening here. Uh, <laughs> nice. No, also I also like the uh just looking at your list, Morgan. I like the Manamo. Um I <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I know it's probably coming out. Yeah. So I was gonna say like I I was more so using this just to talk about Manamo. I was gonna say <laughs> I, I think it's worth it in more decks than people are playing it right now. I know because I remember um uh, talking with Keegan about Urza, and like I think he eventually came around on on Benamo, but he was like, there's a bit initially some hem and hot. I'm talking to some people with like some of my um, other blue decks where I'm slotting in one ring in Manamo. I just put it in VL recently. I think it's just it just makes so much sense, and maybe in four colors it's too. Uh, like yeah, I, your mana is I was gonna much. say, I, I but I think, think even like three color. If I was playing like a, I think I agree uh, with like, Esper deck. I think I'd be, I think I'd be on Manamo. I think I agree with like a lot of like uh, three color decks being able to probably fit it in pretty nicely. I mean, historically, three color decks have been like pretty down to just be playing like the um, like you know, I, if the if the Shizo is good in your deck or whatever, like you know, like that kind of thing, just to have the whatever random utility land sitting around, even like. I've seen some people play, like, some pretty horrendously bad mana bases in three-color and still be fine with just, like, I'm just gonna play, like, three-colorless utility lands, and then, like, this deck still functions because it's three-color and the mana requirements aren't actually that bad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've just been also looking at some other decks, like, how much more do I even, like, e even leaning into it some more, like, not, not Minamo specifically, but, like, just untappers for the ring. Um, and more ring synergy. I mean, we were, we were talking about this. I, I'm actually like totally fine to talk about this publicly because I've no yeah, desire sure. to actually play this deck. And if anybody picks up the idea and goes and tests it, I want to hear about how it did from this episode, which is just like, I think I think Cody has uh, has some stuff to be done um, with the specifically with the one ring and then like a bunch of the Omni Twiddles in the deck anyway. Because like the deck was already like Linden's. Linden's monstrosity of Untappers Cody is a different story. I, I don't think you should probably be on that one, but um, no, I definitely Cody is the truth. I definitely think that um, like actual twiddles, like uh, Dreams Grip Twiddle itself, uh, whatever the white one is, Emerald Charm, have been like sort of like fringe playable in a lot of Cody shells already for just a bit because just the 
So they're, they're a free spell to cast into Cody to get your trigger, which, like, helps with mana requirements and a lot of win lines for early wins already for, like, turn twos and stuff. But also, they're sort of weirdly useful for getting up to a Cody activation. So you have, like, you know, you have, like, soul land drop rings. mana vault. Well, it's not, like, soul rings necessarily, but a lot of it's, like, the well, I mean, single on tap stuff. Well, yeah, it's, it's a ritual soul ring, but, like, a lot of the time it's, like, Grim Monolith and mana vault are really good with Twiddles because you can, like, Turn one, cast a Cody off of a Mana Vault, and then, like, untap Land Drop, twiddle the Mana Vault as a Dark Ritual, and then activate Cody, um, which just helps a lot. Like, it sort of ups... Like, I've already said that, like, Cody... Basically, the more Dark Rituals they print, or, like, the more effective Dark Rituals the print they print, the better Cody gets, because that's basically the only... That's, o- like, the only limiting factor right now, right? And, and the other thing, the other thing that, that... I mean, you did have this to an extent in... In your build, but in the untappers build, it's kind of built around this principle. Was like you just, they are like the being an untapper is a free spell with Cody. And yeah, I, that's when what you I'm have saying. To pay mana, like, yeah. when you have to pay mana for it, it's like it, it's pay mana to trigger Cody. It definitely kind of feels really bad. So I, I just think yeah, even even yeah, untapping the the vaults, being a free spell with Cody, and then you know as you're leading into the and range. now like yeah, having yeah. like just having ring draws where you can like. You know, maybe maybe you're supposed to play a couple more tutors in the deck. I think it's already on e-tutor. Like, I don't even know what the deck could add in terms of tutors. But just having, like, way more, like, consistently resilient hands now where you just, like, try to instead turbo... Because the deck's all mana anyway, right? Like, you're just all mana in interaction. So just having, like, the alternate game plan of, well, I'm just playing, like... A bunch of like a fair number of twiddles in this deck, plus like a bunch of yeah, plus just like a bunch of tutors for ring and a bunch of mana. Like I'm just gonna sometimes my game plan instead of going for Cody is just gonna be I'm just gonna like try to for a turn two ring and then like if I rip into twiddles then the game suddenly like ends on the spot or whatever. I so I I think there's there's space to uh space to work on that one there. Also the ring the ring um gives like a kind of a I mean there's already built game plans for when um. You're a low life, like in Nas. As you've, you've got oh, yeah. It's typical, especially Besiege the Mirror helped a lot with that because, like, besieging yeah. for sacking Cody plus getting a free breach off of, like, your BTL is pretty nice. But um, now, if it's like the game is stacked out, like, there's rule of law, like, it, it stacks out. I mean, if, obviously, if there's a null rod, then you're double screwed. Yeah, but, you're just, um, but who plays null rod? If there's, like, anymore? rule of laws or things that make it so that you can't really kind of push for your regular win and your low life, it, it gives you a very, very respectful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think there's probably just like a bit of other space too. I think the the thing with Cody right now is like you want to maintain the threat for an early win, just because I I if people are winning with Vargoth, then you're like you're gonna be able to take wins with Cody. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but like you the the issue with Cody is that like you also want the backup plan for when you actually make it to like pass the cut, and then people actually start respecting the deck, and then you're like, okay, let me. Let me go, like, find some plan that isn't just, like, trying to, like, hoping to resolve a turn to, like, double protected win, because a lot of the time it's just, like, not going to be good enough anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think, clear to tie this back to what we were initially Yes. Was like, yeah, I think the ring is, it's, it's grown in, in its adoption, and people are starting to lean into the abuse of it more, but it, I don't even think it's reached its apex. You know, well, I also I think I think the abuse of the ring is like in is definitely an interesting place to be building into, and I think there's still fruitful ground to be 
uh, broken there. But also, I think that it's not necessary. Like, the ring is just a busted card anyway, even if you're not abusing it, right? Yeah. Which is like, it's... I, we're, we're sort of in the... It's like the reverse way that Dockside sort of got like uh, developed on, right? Where like Dockside for a long for the longest time was just like it was like, oh, we need to run oh. it, run it with all these snaps with all this stuff, and then well, no, no, like, e even before then, it was just like, oh, we're just doing like only infinite stuff with this Dockside, right? Like it's like Dockside's oh, a really yeah, good yeah. card, and then we're just like only gonna do like really like big inf like infinite combos with it, and then like people realize like, oh, you know, if you just like put some snaps and stuff in your deck then it gets like really good as well and then after that point we're just like well you don't even really need the snaps a lot of the time you just sort of like fill your deck with good cards and you just use the explosiveness efficiently but yeah i, I feel like we're sort of like either mirroring or doing like the reverse dock side um kind of exploration or development right now with the one ring where it's like yeah like it, it was really good on its own it was really good in these decks that were already building toward it, and then maybe it maybe it becomes worth building into a lot of the other these other decks. But also, it's just like just play it. Cards good. Yeah, yeah. It can just be a full. I mean, I, I guess we can also talk about Ristic Study too in this in this sense and the evolution of Ristic Study and CDH as a card. It really feels like we're now in the era where Ristic Study is just a full on game plan. For a lot of decks right? yeah I, and i think that's a lot of it is also just because like you can cast it faster and more consistently than ever and also the best decks in the format have a hard time playing through a study without like playing their not even like winning through a study but like playing their game plan through a study without paying for it yeah and, and it feels like uh one ring is also one of these game plan cards and people are starting to yeah, really, really catch on to that. Well, I mean, that's what that's what I've been sort of, like, talking about for a bit now, um, of, like, I, I feel like we've now hit the saturation point um, where you can consistently build, like, a lot of, mostly five-color decks, but, like, in just a lot of, like, four-color decks are uh, very similar, where um, there's just, like, a critical mass now of these sort of, like, decently game plan-y value engine cards that are between, like, somewhere, but, like, up to four mana. Um, where you can just sort of, like, base your deck around, like, oh, I'm just gonna, like, usually find one of these in my opening hand and be able to cast it on turn two, usually at the latest, and then we're just gonna work the game from there. Like, I'm just, we're gonna have, like, yeah. we're gonna have, like, an Archivist of Ogma, or, like, a One Ring, or a Ristic Study, or a Fish and Play consistently early, or, you know, like, any number of other things, Esper Sentinel, um, I, Fairy Master, I'm forgetting a bunch of them, but yeah, there are a bunch of them now. Um, and then we're just going to, like, find one of those, stick it early, and then just, like, see some extra cards and see what happens. <laughs> and that's just, like, a consistent game plan that you can do now. I, and I think it's because we've now hit the saturation point of, like, just good engines that you can do that with. So, I mean, this is where... <laughs> we need I... Orcish Bowmasters in the metal. <laughs> I, I hate this those. bullshit. <laughs> okay, if, if I ever say that... Uh, I've Shoot been me. abducted. Please send help. Um, no, I. What I was gonna say was, um, like, this is where Ristic Study to me just like can't be a game plan. Yeah, <laughs> because like, if I your game like... plan relies on being fed, like, it's just too easy to deny. Or like. 
If your game plan is put this permanent into play and then what, like, (laughs) just throw your hands in the air, man. (laughs) Hope, like, what if what if someone goes like, oh, like they figure it out. Oh, you have like actually nothing going on. Okay, well, I think I'm just gonna kill your heuristic study and you drew like two cards and like that was your plan Morgan, you think um, you think you think, you think right people now. are playing removal <laughs> you think people are pyro re- and red bro. removing resi- pyro yeah you think, you think people are playing people have been cutting pyroblast forever now <laughs> yeah delusional uh, people like everybody man I, i'm not saying it's a good idea i'm just saying it's happening oh, it's wrong man it's wrong i, I agree i how Linden, how how, can, how is this possible? Linden, how Linden, how Linden, can this genius CDH community Linden, Linden. come up with the idea that Ristic Study and Remora are like go-to game plans? You know what? Rog size new game plan. It's not even Adnaz. It's just Mulligan for Ristic Study and, and Linden, Ristic Remora. How many and then years be like, at, this at the point, same time? How many years cut, at this point have I been saying? How many years at this point have I been saying that CDH players don't play enough removal? How many years? It's, it's constant. Yes, I know. For the entire time that you've known me, this is constantly been a problem. I'm on, I'm on the same page. <laughs> no one. <laughs> people cut the worst ant, like the like pyro and reb of all cards. Like when it's like, well, you know, sometimes there's not blue in the pot, and there's Winota. It's like, are you, bro? <laughs> the, all the good decks that you care about are, are a lot of them are blue. Like, and there's so many permits that you care about that are blue. It just it makes no sense to me. No sense at all. I do, I do think that, yeah, like, I think, Morgan, the, the issue now is that we've also reached, um, we've reached, like, meta play rate saturation with the strategy, with that strategy, where, like, that strategy is self-reinforcing, and we've hit the self-reinforcement, like, bar, right? For that strategy? Well, yeah, we're, like, you can, (laughs) a table, a table can play through one Rhystic study. A table is much less likely to p- to play through two heuristic studies. <laughs> so, like you, maybe maybe there's a table where you land a turn two heuristic study. It's usually gonna be like you're gonna be trying for turn one, but like you land a turn two heuristic study, and then like the table is just like okay, well we can just sort of like play around this, and if we're playing three DH, then like maybe this is worth it. If the person after you immediately then slams their heuristic study as well and doesn't pay for yours, they're like you're now just going to be drawing off of every spell. Like, people just, like, are not going to be now caring about that, and it's a race to the bottom. Don't you, don't you love, too, when the stacks player drops, you know, a tax effect or something, and it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm never paying for Rhystic Study again. <laughs> well, no, but that's just because you're a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't paying for Rhystic Study before that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 like, come on, man. We're, we're, no, one's, no one's buying this. Yeah, we're not. Oh, yeah, I totally was going to pay for the Rhystic Study, but... Now that you've uh, <laughs> now, now that you've done anything to slightly inconvenience me, I guess I I guess I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Actually, Morgan, while we're still the subject is still your list and the spice you've been playing. I've got some questions for you, Rafine. How you been liking that? I love Rafine. I I could. I, I saw you, I saw a list of yours with, uh, with Rafine, with, like, Timnan, I was like, man, is this really, like, because normally, I, normally I'm not huge on the, uh, on the three-drop slot. Especially, like, like the untapper value that you have to have pre-existing board presence for, yeah. Yeah, and it's, but it just has so much, like, insane upside, and I was also actually thinking about it, too, like, because obviously you've got Razaketh, it's a fun discard outlet, um, 
Rafine and Agatha Soul Cauldron, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. What a synergy. Well, also, the, the one that people don't get is also the uh, the Dread Return with Rafine as well, where, like, you just, like, hit a point where you just sift through so much of your library that you find a Dread Return. You're just like, okay, pitch this and do my reanimation shenanigans without, like, having to paint mana now. Yeah. Also, I feel like the best testimonial for how good Rafine is is how much Reed curses whenever I play it. <laughs> I spend a lot of time trying to kill the Drake that card. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> the The number of times, well, usually it'll be like one of my commanders was denied to me. Like I got one of them, or or both. Like there's a Duranip down, yeah. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'll play this Rafine. And Reed's just like, <laughs> just like God, God damn, damn it. it. <laughs> Because I also know that people just, like, aren't going to remove Rafines, <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> it's just going to be no Ward 1, that's problem. basically Hexproof. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, the, it's the most like, minor aren't for studies, they're not yeah. paying for Ward. What are you talking about? Let me see if there's any other notable includes. The the Terra Sunder has been Oh yeah, true, true. The Terra Sunder I was actually looking at this and I was like, man, do I need to play this in like Gitrog? I, I feel know. like I've called every time I'm about to be Terra Sundered by that deck so far. <laughs> like Yeah, but the best part is it doesn't mean you can happen. do anything. Yeah, I know. It. <laughs> it's the worst. So I can see I, the bars. I, I nobody else can see the cage. I'm the only one that can see the cage. <laughs> so here's here's a, a question on so Terra Sunder and Swords of Plowshares, you're running both. Um but you're not running Assassin's Trophy. Can you just talk about the your like why you evaluate both these cards ahead of Assassin's Trophy? Um Sure. Uh Swords is one mana. Yeah, and Terra Sunder answers the one ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so unironically, so that's why I'm playing Terra Sunder. No, uh, okay. I obviously understand why you're playing Terra Sunder because nothing else will answer one ring. I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I, <laughs> people rough. on the Razzikon server were trying to sell me on Haywire Might. I, I do <laughs> oh, like no. the flexibility of kicking it to remove <laughs> yeah, creatures, but Haywire Might, especially with the Soul Cauldron. Yeah, but are you, are you ever sacking a board to remove multiple one rings? Like, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, you can remove breaches and risk sure. studies. And... I guess, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, Haywire Might's kind of hot. That is kind of hot, actually. Huh. And who's playing Oof anymore, right? It is in a creature tutorable, obviously. I like, also just, like, Oof doesn't bother me that It's efficient. Much. Yeah, yeah, Like, the, the... And I feel like as they've printed more creature rule of laws... They're not artifacts and enchantments anymore. So, like, it's not like a dedicated artifact or enchantment removal spell can remove. Like, it can't hit Archon, it can't hit Sensor. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like people generally don't play Eidolon, so it's like just. Uh, it's just Aethersworn Canonist that the Haywire might can't hit that, like, an unrestricted artifact or enchantment removal could. I guess. Metamorph copies. I don't think you're yeah, really an Esper Sentinel. Like, did I tell you that this this weekend at locals, the fucking the dress down metamorph thing came up again? <laughs> I, no, it was, I, I was. And I had to explain it. To, I, I had to, left. yeah. After you left, I had to explain it to the table because I was just like, yeah, this is like, I was just like, oh yeah, so like, uh, oh, there's a dress down in, uh, in play that was flashing to play in response to the the. 
Metamorph being cast. Okay, well, like, I was just like, oh, wait, no, 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 sorry, that doesn't work, because, uh, yeah, because the clones don't work under humility anymore, and they're like, wait, really? Okay, I, I guess, yeah, that's fine. So I guess it just, like, dies immediately, and I'm just like, no, 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 because it was a Phyrexian Metamorph and not your Finnage, so we have to go through this entire thing again. We've been here before. <laughs> We're going in circles. <laughs> So yeah, and, and I guess with Swords of Plashers, you, you value the efficiency Dude, over... one mana is so nutty. <sighs> one mana is not okay. I don't know. I guess I guess I I obviously just want answers for... I keep, I keep thinking like, well, this could answer Breach, and this could also answer um, fucking Ristic Study and Remora and all of this stuff, but yeah. That's what the free counter magic's for? And also, it's not like you've got like Besaju, you've got Tear asunder, you've got abrupt decay. You've got you've got answers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Abrupt decay is also like one of those ones that I, I've sort of found myself moving off of, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh dude, no. It's uh I, I, I'm not saying that it's correct to cut it. Like I'm not saying that you should like go cut abrupt decay from all your decks right now, but like I the more that I've been playing with um just like Stuff like, uh, like just like the, the mana base removal things, and then just like playing decks with a bunch of different ways to access wins, and just like decks that don't really care about specific permanents a lot of the time, um, makes Abrupt Decay like a lot worse, it feels like. Cause I, 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 you guys know me, I'm always like, I'm like not a fan of paying mana for my interaction, and if I have to pay my mana for, I have to pay mana for my interaction, I want it to be one mana. Yeah, but if I've, you want to, here's the thing: is if I want to, if I'm going to pay mana for interaction, I, I also want it to resolve. I want it to be right, sure but, that but it works. For me, like the thing with abrupt decay is that like abrupt decay has always been classed in my mind as a spell that I'm like, okay, the reason there's an abrupt decay in my deck is so that I can remove things that are stopping me from doing the thing uncounterably, and I I don't have any doubt that it's going to remove the thing that I don't want to be in play. As soon as that's not really a thing that I care about, as as soon as it's like, yeah, there could be like any given number of permanents in play, and I'll just like con sort of continue to play the game. Um, I'll I'll talk about that later about what the <laughs> deck that's actually doing that. But like, as, even in Thrastemna, and like I think even in Morgan's build, because there are just like so many different ways to win, and they all just like access it through different uh means of interaction and different like stacks effects and stuff. It now becomes a. I'm playing this because I have. I want like a Dobin's veto, except it's a removal spell. <laughs> and I just like. No, I just. I just don't really want to play Dobin's veto. I want to play the one mana things that like might be counterable. But calling it a Dobin's veto is makes it seem a lot worse. <laughs> I don't. I don't like. I get <laughs> no, what you're saying, like, and I get you, that you get know, what I'm saying, right? Where it's but like, it, I get what you're saying, but it, then it's like. You're equating it to Dovid's veto, which is like I don't know, man. No, no, no. I, 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 I understand. It's a bit of like it's a bit of whatever it's called. Um, uh, I, I'm exaggerating a, a fair amount when I'm calling abrupt K Dovid's veto, but I'm saying that like once, once you're not using it in the role of this is an uncounterable way to force through removing a thing that I can't have exist in play anymore, and you're just using it as a disruptive thing, it like loses a lot of its sheen, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still a big abrupt case. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying don't like, cut it. I think the card's still okay, incredibly okay. good. You should probably still be playing it. I'm just I'm starting to I'm starting to see the uh see the alternatives now. It's the cracks are showing. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think Reed's just lost it. Honestly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. Way past saving. Glad someone else said it too. Um. 
so let's unless Morgan, is there anything you would you want to kind of talk about in your sideboard that you were considering? Got some fun stuff. I I wasn't expecting this to become a, a deep dive into my deck list. Um, I I just thought it was interesting to talk about, and I'm glad to, to talk about. I I, I, I mean, feel like we haven't had this discussion much. So I've had a bunch of people ask me why the divining witch that's in the sideboard isn't in the main board, and the truth is, I don't feel like I have a good answer for that question. But also, I don't. <laughs> want to play divinity? Want to put it in? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but dude, put Agatha Soul Cauldron, man. You know, then it's just it's hasty and it's right. Um... But like, like I legitimately, I don't have a counter to that argument. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah I just don't want to. Just don't want to play it. <laughs> like, can't make. You're saying that as a joke, but like. You're right. It, like that is a true. Like pointing that out is a, an accurate thing to point out. That like it works basically just as uh, just as well as uh, as Hermit Druid with the Soul Cauldron, and like theoretically, I could play it and not Hermit Druid, and then not play um, not play what's it called? Play uh, Dread Return. But I don't know. There's just something about the card that probably it's stupid face. That must be it. <laughs> I guess like okay. So so I guess I'll I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> the it, as a one card self assembling win con, it is a turn slower than uh than her hermit druid. Yeah, because you don't get. Like, because yeah, you have to yeah, get the to... Thoracle yeah. and then exile the library. And there is some risk to it. You can get unlucky and exile all your, you know, exile your library because it's in the top, whatever. Um, so I guess that's part of it. Um, and then, like, I think, I mean, it costing two mana and discarding a card is moderately annoying. And I, I guess like the dread return is also not that bad because there is a Razaketh in the deck and eh. Yeah, I you know what I I'll, I'll defend dread return because I feel like I feel like it's a lot of the time counted as like a dead combo card when realistically like a lot of the time especially when you're playing in the later game with Thrasios Timna you just sort of have the mana. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this is like this is a bad reanimate, but it's still a reanimate, and it's not like a totally unreasonable amount of mana to be paying for a Razaketh if I just like have it in the graveyard anyway. Well, well, the other thing is that it is uh like it's a reanimate that they need to counter twice. Yeah, in, like that, that's also the other game, one, right? Where you just go like, cool, I'll cast Dread Return. Oh, you countered it? Okay, well... I'll do it again. <laughs> want, want to see me do it again? Cool. So yeah, that's those are, those are those are my my answers cuz I think that's the one that's like the hardest to justify not being in the list. I think breakfast is it's just like it's a lot for Druid this style Swift, of list. I think Druid Swiftrek is the better like fast quote-unquote fast combo yeah. to back up Oracle Consult. Um, and 
uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, generally I'm not thrilled about having to dread return stuff in the late game. Memory's Journey is one that I've, like, thought about, but I'm not going for early Hermit Druids. I feel like most of the time when I'm going for Hermit Druid wins, I want to have the Thoracle somehow. Um, or, like, have something that's already protecting me, like a Ranger Captain or Grand Abolisher. Uh, I guess I also might try out the the third one. Um, the third Grand Abolisher effect. The cat? <laughs> the cat lady. Kitty. K um, KU something, yeah. right? Cutsill? Cutsill, that's the one. Found it. Yeah, it's something like that. Nice. By the way, Cutsill, busted well, guard. <laughs> I think that's a that's a pretty good bow to uh, tie on Morgan's <laughs> Morgan's hours enjoy. Okay, Morgan, you're uh, you're excused. <laughs> you, you can leave right. now. <laughs> now read. The Not best part is that wasn't even you. how I was. That wasn't even what I was planning to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just ended up being. <laughs> Do you because I feel like uh, I don't know talking about just like I feel like you're you're also just playing a lot of new stuff as well. Which is like okay, I, actually, I also like, thematically uh, for the episode, Morgan, just how have you been playing CDH? So that we covered what you've been playing, how have you been playing? So I mean, obviously, well, we, to, the thing is, we Ralph haven't Count covered bullies. what I've been playing at all. <laughs> yeah, because this isn't is, this a this is his tournament okay. deck. This, this is my is tournament sure. list. Yeah. I thought you'd been playing this this more as well. No, no? Okay. no. I mean, like I've played it a bit while testing, but no, I've been uh, primarily like. Uh, brewing new stuff i generally go to there's the um the vlgs on the the competitive edh discord and i uh i like have brought you know i'd say like maybe not quite every week but like most weeks i show up with a with a new brew um just like picking new co new commanders that are being released and uh trying them out, doing some funky stuff. I, I did uh, Carmen most recently. I did Malcolm. Uh, that was a fun one. And uh, just, like, yeah, trying new stuff. Most of it's, like, I'm happy to admit is, like, bad. Um, and it's a bit of a struggle to make Yeah, it's it the fun of it. <laughs> um, did, some, did some doctor stuff, uh, both with... Uh, I did, like, a war doctor control deck. And then I did a Missy Morph combo deck. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, just... <laughs> hey, I, I pulled off the combo once, and then I was like, this is <laughs> horrible. Right, that's I'm it. not doing this anymore. <laughs> that's, it. that's all I need. <laughs> did you, did you, actually, did you end up playing with the... Um, I meant to do this as well. Did you end up playing with the Black Companion? I forget what... What is it? No, I didn't. Um, I was playing I was playing Jeskai. Yeah, uh, okay. Doctor. I like having counter spells yeah which is you know a reasonable thing to reasonable things to want i think that i should actually i should go ask michael levine about if he ever actually built and played that deck because it was pretty interesting okay. it was the um yeah uh, whatever the green red doctor is um plus the black companion which which black companion so the, the one that the like four mana draw, lose life one yeah yeah okay okay because i actually lose life i mean I can, I can, I can. Some there was a guy or in my card, uh, for like, hand, rather. Uh, LGS Discord who was talking about like a um, food chain doctor deck, 
Um, yes, yeah, so that's the salty version, I think, with that and the. Uh... Well, no, so he had done he had done a, a non salty version, and I was like, I'd I'd rather do like Third Doctor plus, um, do Saltai because he was doing with red instead of black. I was like, yeah, no, that's. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> um, but then, <laughs> so then I was like, okay, I'll do this with uh, black, and it's like, huh, well now I've got a commander for food chain that you know does the treasures and clues, so you can draw your whole deck, make infinite non-creature mana, and then you also have like a value engine even though it's not like amazing and can punish you by dealing you a lot of damage if you're so careful I would, it it yeah. does give you a bit of both i also know? i also thought it was very interesting the first time that i was also sorry morgan completely taking over your topic again <laughs> um i also thought it was sort of interesting when i when i built it uh like i built a uh version i think i played a couple of games with it um and then i realized that i was just like oh this is just like Depending on what you're playing this for, this is either worse than Atraxa or worse than Ukima Food Chain. <laughs> because well, to like, me, uh, okay, I, I versus Atraxa. Yeah, because like, Atraxa I, 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 just like has, a different deck. I don't think so. I think the deck just like has you think an additional the food color. Chain and then partner deck is the same thing as Atraxa. Yeah, because Atraxa is also a food chain deck and just gives way more value. But it's and not. Also a, gives you it's not games. a food chain deck in the same way. I don't. know. You can make it, it just happens to not be best built in that manner. Like, it just, you get way more out of just, like, building it to be more mid-range, which is, like, also where yeah. you would want to be with food chain, right? Like, you you would, you want to play a mid-range food chain deck, you just can't because the commanders aren't good enough a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I mean, we've just never had the good enough, like, mid-range. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. And then, I like, guess, Ukima food chain just win, actually win I, I don't, I, I think it's too. better than Ukima. But you I can't, think. no, but the issue is, like, you, with Kazuru Kima, you can't run over your win conditions because your win conditions in the I mean, that's zone, the one advantage the, it has. Well, that's that's why thing. you would play the Saltai version instead of like the higher color versions, right? No, but I think I think Kazuru Kima provide a um it, it it might be the most unique thing you can do um outside of the traditional like normal food chain decks. I still think the uh the new doctor might be the best Saltai food chain deck. Okay. Even if sure. even though it might be worse than the other, you know, five color food chain decks or whatever, um Kazurnikima will provide something unique. I don't think it makes it necessarily better than yeah, yeah. the doctor. Um but also I mean I, I kind of stopped working on that brew because it was just so boring. I don't know. It was like, yeah, that's also the other problem. <laughs> if you're, there, turns there's out, no turns really out build around. Saltide right? decks are just sort of like a lot of the time just sort of like, oh, I have a deck. Well, no, it can it can be interesting. It's just the commanders provide nothing interesting to build around, really. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Morgan, did you want to actually continue? I think I'm good. Yeah, sir. All, right, cool. all the new decks. Okay. <laughs> well, you don't want to get interrupted again and then have us go off on an tangent about some unrelated deck. No, I'm good. <laughs> cool. Okay, uh, Reed. Cool. Your turn. Yeah. Um. So I've been like, I don't know, I. It's definitely been, like, the last year or so of CDH for me has definitely been the least I've played in my time playing CDH, which is, I, there's there's goods and bads that come with that. I definitely want to be playing more, but it's also, like, you know, I, 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 I feel like I'm now more selective with my time that I invest into actually playing games of CDH in terms of, like, I sort of want to play with, like, known playgroups a bit more, or just, like, you know, just, like, people that I know are going to produce fun games. Or, you know, like, a lot of the time, like, playing pods that i think have interesting compositions or like compositions that are like that will produce like engaging gameplay 
Um, so like either like we'll play like I, I want to play like a lot of the time like four meta decks or whatever, like you know, like some some good, like decent mid-range high color decks, and then like maybe one like other one thrown in there for spice or that kind of stuff. Or, you know, just like otherwise with friends playing a bunch of low power stuff, that kind of thing. But honestly, I have just really enjoyed playing uh playing and not even just playing, but like really doing some heavy iteration on Sisse recently, because I don't know, it's it's been a while since I've had a deck that I had a lot of fun playing in games and also um had like a lot of interest in sort of iterating and I felt like there was a lot of room to work on like improving a shell and like really like thought there was like still a bunch of space to figure out a bunch of stuff about it and uh like test out a bunch of different directions and uh find the ones that I really like the best and sort of like you know tailor a deck like fully to how I like to play it Uh, Sissy, Sissy is sweet. I've been enjoying the games. That, yeah, uh, I, I, it's... even though I, I, I wish it was more. I know that you, that this is your year where you played the least amount. I mean, I've gone through. You know, I guess maybe the full past calendar year, I've, I've probably played very little. CDH. Yeah, definitely the lowest. Not, not necessarily since just twenty twenty three, but like going back to probably about like you know September October last year to now. Sure. Yeah, very very little CDH for me comparatively to the rest of my time, but. uh kind of been picking back up a bit recently mm-hmm. um and yeah just playing with sisse it's it's a lot of fun and and I, it gets me because i remember looking at sisse in the past too um, yeah and, and seeing I, you get interested in it like it it builds my own interest in it and i, I start thinking about like oh reed's doing it this way it's like oh, but i do i don't want to do it this way like, <laughs> yeah it's 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 i don't know it's it's exciting it's definitely one of those shells as well where like um sisse specifically i i feel like there is like again there's there's a lot of, there's still, like, there's always these sort of, like, the obvious work to be done on Sissé, which is taking one of the established, like, ways that the deck is built, and then just, like, sort of trying to optimize lines or optimize, like, the legendary packages and stuff for it, which, like, I understand, but also that was not what intrigued me at all. I was just like, I, I, I don't want to play the deck this way. I understand why people would want to, but I just, like, you know, I, I don't want to lose to a Dreadith or an Op Agent. I, I don't want my, like like, half the draws of my deck to be, like, almost completely dead just because there's a single stacks piece out, <laughs> or, like, somebody gilded drink my commander or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, the the way that I currently have it set up is, like, a lot more interesting to me in terms of, like, it's... And I, I, I guess I can link a list in the, the description or whatever, but, um, or you can just, like, you know, you just, if you're really that interested in the list, you can just uh, DM me on Discord. Um, but it's it's sort of he, like a lot he more. He's lonely. He just wants lots of DMs. It's a lot All more listeners. <laughs> just like a lot more stripped down. And there's something that's really interesting to me about like finding like, and, and this is like goes very heavily along with like my deck building style in general, my brewing style in general is like I really like the process of finding like the minimum effective package to do this really unique thing and still be powerful you didn't say it, while I was also say being it. sorry. <laughs> You didn't say minimum effective package. I was waiting for that word to cut that phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, I was like, if you're not going to say it, I'm going to say it. This is, <laughs> but yeah, just 100%. finding, yeah, finding like the minimum effective package for like doing the thing that I want the commander to do while also being able to like play this sort of like commanderless game plan if I need to. And I, I feel like that's really burnout. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where it's at right now, although I'm still doing like a fair bit of development, I think. 
Yeah, it feels like you've got a very solid, like, 90 to 95. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Just tweaking the last bit. And the one, what I really like, too, about Sisse and a lot of these, like, tutor-based decks is the 90 to 95 for a deck, if you're, if, if you're adding or messing around with slots that can be tutored, it can, those last five slots can drastically um, affect the place. Oh yeah. And, and they become like super, a lot of the time they end up being super meta dependent as well. And sort of de- yeah. uh, like pod dependent where you're just like, Oh, this is like, this is going to, this can, like this has the potential to drastically alter the texture of how the stack actually functions in a lot of pods. And just by changing like, a couple slots out, you can like really give it game in areas where it wouldn't otherwise have it. And like, you know, give it like a, a bunch of like really unique options for specific pod compositions. Do you think, okay, as you know, we said this is the vibes episode. I'm just, you know, in fact, I had a different gut check. Yeah. But we're just going to introduce a gut check now, right? Okay. Sure. I'm just feeling yeah. it. What's the best Agatha Soul Cauldron deck? Uh, I, I think it is to say. That's, I, I, I want to ask this now because I thought, yeah. I was like, is Reed going to say Sissé? I I think it's a very, very strong contender for It just, it best. uses every yeah. pe- every part of the buffalo, right? Like, yeah. every every card, every line of text on Agatha's Soul Cauldron is just good in the deck. And it's tutorable. And it's yeah. tutorable, right? And it contributes to a win line, right? Like a, a Sissé-only activation win line, which just makes it, like, it, it's just so nice to have that in the deck. It just, like, it's not... It's not a good card on its own, but when you pair it with the commander, it just turns so many things into threats and, like, good things. You say it's not a good card on its own? I think it's, like, fine on its own. Okay, because I think that goes a bit against what we were talking about Like, it it definitely, it's definitely, like, a bit of a threat on its own. You need, you need, like, active, a lot of the time, like, you need to put in the work to make it good, I think. Um, So, like, when you don't have a Sissé in play, it, it takes a bit of work to make it actually, like, a good card. That's like not just like functional and like situationally good, um. But yeah, and I but the soul yeah, cauldron th- turns your brain freeze into a real magic card. Th- there are some. There are sometimes where yeah, like you uh, <laughs> you like just suddenly turn a soul cauldron into a great card and it just wins you the game because people didn't notice. Yeah. Okay, Morgan, best Agatha soul cauldron. Uh, I mean, Sissé. <laughs> you nice. think Sissé as well? Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I agree with most of what Reed's saying, although I, I think there's some room. There's some wiggle room. So we'll, we'll collaborate. So, okay, I guess, like, maybe you could make an argument, depending on what you mean by best Soul Cauldron deck. Yeah, that's sort of what I was gonna, yeah. Okay, like, not, you could not, have a better not deck the best with a deck soul that runs Soul Card. Yes, not, no. The deck that but I think there are the also decks that benefit more from Soul Cauldron. Yeah. That, just that aren't start much say. worse. Yeah. <laughs> so like I don't know. There's sort okay, of okay. How do you want to frame the question and then frame the question how you want? I think to I think on the that. I think on the average, I think it's this. Like if okay. you combine those two metrics of how good is the deck with Soul Cauldron and also how much did it benefit from the printing of Soul Cauldron? I think it's this. I think if you only optimize on one of those, you could make like. There's arguments for something else. Okay, I mean, I'll then I'll be the devil's advocate. I'll I'll, I'll say Tyam. Okay, because um, I think 
the the thing with tie am is that it's yeah a really great card in tie am but it's not a part of any of the uh, like integral new combos with him or anything like that it's just he's just another deck that uses every part of the buffalo like it's just it uses every yeah, well part so that this because really well, when right? you said it, it i want i i thought it was like i think it's interesting in tie am because sisse and tie am both use yeah every part of the buffalo but they use different parts to different extents right yes. like um the counters aspect of in sisse Mm, not really. I mean, the power buff. What is the, like, the like, power buff uses it a bit. Absolutely, like no, no. But but you you get what I'm saying. Like the power buff is important and uses yes. it a bit. But it's like the way Tyam uses that counter. Yeah. it is much much more important to that. It uses yeah. that more aspect more than it does in Sisse. But then obviously Sisse uses the thing like the color fixing um, ability where Tyam I don't even really think touches that at all. Um, uh, I think he uses yeah, it uses it like a bit. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I guess it, it, I think that would be the biggest competition to uh, to Sisse for the best uh, Soul Cauldron deck. Um, yeah, lots of, I mean, so it, it can't tutor it um, the way Sisse can, but it can, like, naturally mill over it. I mean, yeah, just, like, time just sees a lot, a lot of cards, cards anyway, so. And then, yeah, it kind of gives, like, pseudo-haste for your, um, some of your combos and and is also lots just of, disgusting with Grist. Stuff, yeah. Like, just super not okay with Grist. <laughs> yeah. Wait. I actually don't even know how that interaction works. It's oh, that disgusting. is? No. Yeah. You uptick mill, put a loyalty counter a on it, and make it, yeah, and make a, and make a, uh, and make a token. So you, you put loyalty counters on your things for, like, uptick Grist activation. So everything with a 1-1 counter you control becomes a Grist that can, can uptick. A Grist, whoa. Yeah. And then, so they they mill cards, make 1-1s, and then they also put loyalty counters on themselves that time can take off. <laughs> and can, yeah. can use the minus, in theory. Yeah, and can use the minus if you take up enough. <laughs> that is actually wild. So it, it also, if you, because the, the, I'm pretty sure Tyam plays the Unicorn at a Grist anyway, it also goes infinite if you have, like, the Unicorn effect, where, like, if creatures you control come in with 1-1 counters, the insects also become grists. So they just make infinite insects and mill your library. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That. Oh, that's so cool. It's, Man, it's very card. cool. Yeah. What a, well, I think this card adds such an interesting... And I, and I don't think, again... Oh, you know, yeah. A I, lot of times, CDH, there's a lag time between, like, you know, we, we talked about Bowmaster... Um, you know, when it was spoiled and after a couple games, it, it, even then it, it takes a while to feel the full impact yeah. of a card. Um, CDH kind of moves just a bit slow. And I think Agatha's is going to be, we're going to be seeing how this is shaping. And it's, this is definitely a card too, where especially with the, with one ring now in the meta too, it's like, I think this might push people even more into null rods. And there's going to be a kind of a weird give and take and seeing how the, the meta kind of, adaption evolves is going to be very interesting yeah we'll definitely see i mean the the thing about soul cauldron for me has always just been that like or not always been but like looking at soul cauldron and looking at how good soul cauldron is even if it was like even if soul cauldron was like just like insanely good in a new staple in like almost all decks i think it's the exact right kind of design to be that good of a oh, card because it's yeah. like it's not like just like generically powerful like there's there's weird, interesting use cases for it. It's not just good across the board. You have to, 
like you either have to put in work or the meta has to look a specific way or like people have to be playing like specific types of cards and it just it's just interesting there's a lot of dynamic dynamicism to it and there are just like ways to capitalize on it to make it better than it is that also requires building around like it's just like it's like the perfect yeah. it's the perfect place it's to, the like, anti-bowmaster yeah you know, like well the anti-wandering as well right like the just yeah the, the, the thing too a, a, a bowmaster that we talked about um and i think is a great um kind of heuristic for evaluating cards is like if a card is its own best answer or like how does a card play with other copies of itself like does it incentivize more copies what are the play patterns that emerge around there Bowmaster, very, very toxic. Soul Cauldron, kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Like, if you have multiple Soul Cauldrons out, then it, it's the same thing with multiple Death Rites. Yeah, you're playing, like, the DRS um, game a bit, but, like, also there are, like, like, different incentives a lot of the time as well, where it's yeah. just like, oh, well, maybe maybe they don't actually want that creature. They want, like, something else that's in the bin right here, so maybe we can, like, like work around that a bit, or, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, even talk about it with the other person. There's, like, discussions to be had, and there's, like, interesting play patterns, and you know. And like simultaneously, it's a good reanimator piece for Razaketh, but then also a good hate piece against anyone who is also doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, like it, yeah. it just it's it's very very interesting and engaging and fun. So, um, exciting. Was there? I guess Reed. So you talked about Sisse. Um, yeah, it's is just there anything else you want to talk about? I feel like how I you've been enjoying the game. I feel like I haven't been playing uh, enough to like. I think when I'm playing a lot, I'm playing a lot of different decks, like Morgan is now, and like doing a lot of brewing. But like, I think I'm playing just enough now to where I can sort of do development on one deck that I really enjoy doing it on. But I don't really have the bandwidth or like time spent playing games right now to uh, be testing other stuff. Although I sort of want to get back into brewing because brewing's really fun <laughs> and like just messing with new decks and. Beating people up with decks that have no business winning games is always great. <laughs> Dude, that's your motto, your life goal. I, play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'd say I always enjoy brewing more than even playing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's the it's the cube I, I, slash draft effect, right? Where it's just like the best yeah. part of playing cube is drafting the decks. <laughs> yeah, not, not playing the games. 100 agree. Um, but I've, I've been enjoying playing as well. So um, my LGS, like five minutes away from me. Um, every Thursday, there's a commander night. And I've been going on and off for years. Um, and there's never, it's been really hard to get CDH games. And then a uh, friend of the show, Tim, moved into my town. And uh, we, we've started making a regular thing going Thursday nights. And, you know, his, his cousin, Steve, shout out Steve, who I know will probably listen to this episode as well. <laughs> nice. He's new to Magic and CDH. Oh, dude, shouts um, out. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've been uh, going on Thursdays, and we've got a great uh, crew there. You know, I'll shout out uh, Alex, Colin, Austin, um, and the owner of the uh, LGS, Tom. Just everyone. And there's more people I'm, I'm not mentioning. But, like, yeah, just great great crew uh and it's nice to be playing in person magic regularly again because the last time that kind of happened was i'd say qmtg um when we were playing at uh at school so yeah covid kind of really damaged that and webcam magic is fun but yeah really just a regular you know in-person meetup with uh it's also with also with a crew who's not like you know there's some varying levels of experience um 
it really adds a, a fun and interesting um, dynamic to what I look forward to every week. So yeah, that's been you know, fun. I've been, as for the decks I've been playing, I've been playing uh, a lot of kind of like same old, same old for um, I'm playing Riel, Drastoggle Rocks, been jamming a lot of Magar, trying to make that like an deck. an unreasonable uh, amount of Magar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to figure out how to play that deck properly, okay? It's hard. <laughs> I just, so, <laughs> I just want to play it at at least like eighty five percent accuracy. Uh, see what's what I was gonna say is just uh, it's it's amazing how much like having one more regular can like snowball things, right? Uh, because yeah, like yeah. oh, there's like you know there's four or five people who play CDH at this thing, and then like you know people are busy or they're not making it out this week or whatever. And then, like, you get a core, you know, if your core goes from, like, two people to three people, even, then that, like, means that you, you know, can consistently get four with only, like, one of four, you know, less regular people showing up. And it just, like, snowballs. And then when you start having regular meetups, more people, like, get involved. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's really funny to see how much that like tiny like oh one more person started showing up and now like we have a we have a, a local community yeah no and and I, I think i mean speaking of like decks i want to play like i've been doing a lot of brewing and i have lots of decks in the queue and i i, I think i'm gonna be firing off an npc order as i found out recently that you can only do like max 600 something cards so I'm just gonna, and I was like, because I was trying to save it all up for all like one big order and then get like a big discount. But if there's a cap at that, I was like, okay, I can just fire off a bunch of like these large max orders because I have like, I don't know, 2,000 plus cards I'd want to order in total. So I might as well just fire off a couple 600, um, yeah, 600 card orders and get some like new decks going and, and also getting some decks that I can like lend out to people at the LGS. Because I, that's you know, our current one, core huh? group is great. Yeah, but it's like there's lots of people who've expressed interest, and there's there is like yeah there is the core group, but there's also I, I you know I'll shout the um Hayden who he hasn't been in a while, but like he started off playing Animar, um and I think he, he's starting to play Kinnon and um like you know he comes when he can and and it's it's we're gonna get more of those people who are you know the the kind of free. Um, last man rotating in, kind of depending on who's who's there. Maybe we can even get like two regular pods going. That'd be sweet. But like just having access to new uh, new player friendly decks, um, and like just a variety of stuff that people can try without having to put in the work to proxy themselves or uh, brew and tune themselves. Be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> definitely i think yeah i i think i'm probably gonna try to get more involved in the local toronto scene as well i think we can probably make it up to two pods which is like i don't know we probably have to do a bit more outreach but i guess we'll reminder that uh for anybody listening to the episode that is in toronto um we do have local play groups we're a local play group uh that we typically have meetups on what wednesdays at harry t and then uh sundays at face to face uh, we'll put a, you know what, we'll throw a, um, a link to the Toronto CDH Discord in the description as well, if anybody wants to make it up. But yeah, just uh, 
We're probably a bit smaller than we should be, but yeah, we'll we'll work on uh getting more people out and whenever more people come out, you know, we can build a build a bit more of a local scene. I'm definitely gonna try to come out more often because I've been slacking <laughs> and not making it out and Morgan's been very responsible and has been very active. Yeah, I I basically make it out like maybe not literally or or like I I make it out every week that I don't have like something really big on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually yeah, what yeah. it comes down to. Oh, also um I guess talking about decks that we're uh we're brewing and you know I know you're like, "Oh, I guess I'll talk about this." I say, "Oh, I guess I'll t- link the the uh Morgan's tournament deck." My deck that I'm still like, I mean, I've talked about it before, but I think is actually like really hot now and I want to start maining it more and I'll probably start playing it more once I get like the NPC order in. Um, that Adele. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Turns out when one people ring are in the command zones. Yeah. <laughs> Agatha's Soul Cauldrons. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, was this entire episode just trying to hype up those cards so I get yeah, more people to play so, so I can guarantee just... stealing with that Adele? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> Who would do such a thing? Um, are you already but playing? No, you're already playing. Uh, what's it called? It's in that deck, right? You're already playing keys. Well, so I wasn't before, but, but now you now are. Now it's for sure, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent playing keys. Voltaic and it's also like, well, guess what? Guess what else I run? Turn spells. Well, turn spells are kind of like untappers, you know. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, sort of, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's there's some there's some shit there. In fact, like it's been such a dramatic like reliably because before the deck was full of draw spells and shit yeah yeah. um because it's like your commander generated absurd amounts of mana but you needed cards it's like wow now your commander generates the mana and also basically tutors one of the best card engines in the game um so building it a bit differently kind of have to rethink the build (laughs) and, and what's optimal now um and it's just a very exciting uh, place for this probably just like right now so you just like play like all mana and interaction now right oh yeah yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> um <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's cool so hopefully i'll be i'll be busting that out soon uh it's also a deck that's better played um locally i I started playing that adele over the pandemic over webcam and that's uh, it's, it's that was, such a bad experience <laughs> it's like it's yeah. so annoying <laughs> So playing it in paper in person is is uh it's gonna be a lot more fun. Cool. Well, I think that uh, wraps it up for the show. We did our gut check randomly in the middle. Yeah, uh, we got it all out there. L- l- listeners, let us know what you think of this uh kind of more loose format. You know, maybe we'll do some more episodes like this if uh, there's positive response. So yeah. That wraps it up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at IntoNorthPod, via our email, IntoNorthPodcast at gmail.com, or on our Discord server, the, inv- the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. Next special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and let us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you would like to become a patron, we are at patreon.com slash Podcast. Thank you, as always, to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music and to Nate Slupper for our equally lovely podcast logo. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. See ya. Have a good one.